Yeah, check it, checking out all the stuff that you need to know for <laughs> what we're about to do. Yeah, I didn't realise I had to revise. So, welcome to our first proper episode. Um, we are going to start with an absolute classic from the 90s, which is one of your choices. Yeah, um, so it's, it's Dookie by Green Day, um, uh, released in 94. So I was 13 then. Um, and I guess, uh, why did I pick it? Because it was probably the first album that really kind of punched me in the face compared to all the other music that was out there. And it probably coincides with um, kind of hitting teenage years and um, and all of that brings. So All the angry hormones. Precisely. <laughs> um, so, so that's why I chose it. When, when did you bump into Dookie? Um, yeah, Green Day for me, I was a bit late to... So I, I had, I guess my early teens, I was still listening to a lot of like capital FM poppy nonsense because I hadn't really found the right way to discover these new bands. My parents were always very into music, but we're talking like the Beatles and the Stones and that kind of stuff, which is great and had a massive influence that I'm sure will come on to at some point. Yeah. Um, but I think Green Day, for me, would have been a little bit later on, um, more like 17, 18. I think probably, I know what it would have been, would have been hitting um, Good Riddance and Basket Case. Um, but probably more at house parties later on yeah. in life. Yeah, because Bar- Basket Case is on Dookie, and that's one of the classic classic singles, but that's been kind of... That's still played now on the radio, isn't it? It's, a, it's timeless. It's a bit of a timeless one. It absolutely sounds timeless to me. But Because I, I got into it, um, obviously my parents were playing kind of, you know, Paul Simon all that stuff, and so I was, wasn't really into the kind of pop-punk, scene at all didn't know there was one and then I went to my friend's house and he'd got it on tape and he showed me the box which looked weird anyway because it's got this amazing kind of cartoon drawing um, and obviously there's a sticker on it saying parental advisory explicit lyrics on and you think oh wow what's this <gasps> am and I then, allowed um, to listen yeah, to this yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and, and when you're 13 and it tells you that you've got to go to your parents to listen to it and we weren't it was like wow this obviously. is uh, breaking the rules um, and he put it on in his bedroom and just track to track to track it was just you know when you just hear something really new um and start start kind of opening up going the radio doesn't play this stuff um you don't really see it in films um oh we actually we could do a whole nother podcast on film soundtracks um sure do i'm sure we'll do an album that is mostly film track yeah because actually at that time something some of the best films ever came out of the kind of 80s and 90s um and so that kind of music you hear a lot but you never really got this kind of um this style and well, it's hard to it's hard to use punk stuff or pop punk stuff on a film because you've got characters talking and you kind yeah. of like this is more you know characters be having, having to shout over the top of this exactly um so yeah so that's that's where i that's where i heard it um i think the one the one cool thing about this album that that makes it a classic is that it doesn't try to um, it doesn't get stuck in in a kind of rut with um, things like the time signatures the way the music is is played it's really quite different um, you've got a lot of kind of slow burning songs you've got songs that are just 
bonkers from the off. Um, well, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's it's an out al- it's an album that is full of two or three minute songs, but it's not poppy two or three minutes. It's angry, shouty, you know, really really great music, really big on the guitars and and driving drums. Yeah. Um, I in terms of favorite tracks, where do I go? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it just it's an album in itself, isn't it? I, I don't know whether that's um, whether bands really focus on whole albums anymore, but um, it's definitely one where you could listen to it front to back, and there isn't too much filler. You don't kind of think, oh, you know what? I'll just skip she because right, she's just that that quiet one in the middle. But it's not. It's just an absolute banger like the rest of them. Well, it's um, it's another. It's it's one of those things where it works because you need to bring the level down a little bit and then launch back into into the rest of the album. Yeah. So it's nicely placed as, you know, just that kind of slight, not lull, because that's the wrong, that's the wrong way to say it, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> so then obviously I got the album and it went into the, into the tape player for long drives. And then you kind of heard Green Day playing at full volume on my parents' stereo. And then kind of the swearing comes out and you think, oh my God, there's, there's, um, but then I had form because I had uh, I also got a tape um, just before Green Day, which was um, Reggae Heat Ragga B, um, which is this compilation of uh, kind of reggae classics. And um, and actually listening to that to that now, it's filthy. It's like it's really pretty rude. Um, <laughs> it's really right. And my parents were listening to that, so I think actually Green Day was probably the the least of their worries. I think they were nice. a bit more worried about the reggae stuff. Um, yeah, because it's not while it's angry and shouty, it's actually not. It's more politically subversive than it is yeah. like yeah. teenager subversive, if that makes sense. Um, I certainly, I mean, there's Basket Case is the obvious track to jump to, but I actually really love um, When I Come Around. That's an absolute belter. It, it's just great. And I don't know what it is about it either because it's not, it doesn't feel like an outstanding track, but it just works and the lyrics are awesome. L- listen to when the bass kicks in on When I Come Around and it kind of goes, and you just hear the bass kind of, it's almost as if um, they just, they're all desperate to get going and it's a wonderful, wonderful track and it bounces around as well. It's 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 punk, but it's actually quite uplifting. Um, but that's always the thing about Green Day is there's always that, like, <clears throat> it's, it's pop punk in terms of, it's not really poppy in terms of sound, but it's great melody. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's something that I read about um, Nirvana, was that while it sounds angry and shouty, if you actually listen to the bass and the guitar that, that's being played, it's very, very... It's very sound from a from a musical perspective. Yeah, you listen to, like, Lithium or In Bloom from <clears throat> Nirvana, and both of those, the melodies are absolutely brilliant. I'd um, imagine we'll have a lot more to say about that at some point in the, <laughs> in the future episode. Just abs- just proper earworms. They just jump into your head and uh, and they're great. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we mentioned this earlier. I've, I've never actually seen them live, which is a bit of a... Um, a bit of a miss for me. They they played at Reading a couple of times and friends went to see them and said it was obviously chaos. Um, but but I've, I've missed that. I don't know if you haven't... I've never seen them live either. They, they're one of those... Them and Red Hot Chili Peppers are two bands that have been on my I need to see these guys at some point list. And I'm sure they'll be... It'll be like a Glastonbury thing at some point where I'll end up going back to Glasgow and, and hopefully they'll play. Yeah. And I get to see them there, but yeah, not sure. Not sure that. I mean, 
how much longer can they be playing punk for? They're they're already in their fifties easily, right? Yeah, but then you got the Stones who are falling out of coconut trees and they're still uh, that's they're, true. They're still touring That's the true. world, so uh, they've probably got a bit more life in them. You'd hope so. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to go and see them. I don't even know if they're if they're touring particularly at the moment. I don't know. We could Google it, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about other Green Day albums as well because obviously Dookie's yeah. awesome. Um, but you've got Nimrod, which you know Nimrod for me was the one where I picked up on um, Good Riddance, yes. Time of Your Life, which is which is a great track. Um, but there's a bunch of other stuff on there, and I guess I found Nimrod and Dookie at the same time, pretty much. Yeah. So um, I kind of think of them as all one big giant album because I listened to them two of them back to back so much from you know yeah recordings from friends stuff or off the radio or whatever um but yeah I I also wanted to kind of bring up American Idiot because for me that's a really that's almost like an evolution of their of their style where Dookie and Nimrod were more like shouting a bit angry at the world whereas American Idiot's a bit more laser focused on George W. Bush's yeah. administration. Yeah. It was an ode to George Bush, wasn't it? I yeah. Mean, it was, it was, it, they didn't really hide it. <laughs> well, the other thing that you notice about that album as well is that the, the length of tracks goes from being two, two to four minutes to like nine minutes for things like Jesus of Suburbia and, uh, and some of the others on there where they're, they're, I mean, they, they talk about it being a punk, punk rock opera basically, isn't it? Yeah. Th- this is the, I think this is the point. This album was the point when they went from kind of, really well followed punk group to kind of super group where everyone got to know about them um i, d- I don't know whether it was because of the timing uh, i think they got a lot more visibility because of the, s- the stuff they were releasing around then but it's also it's also more i guess more accessible yeah. because it's a bit more poppy and a bit less punky you know you listen to stuff like um when September ends and that kind of stuff like that's more melodic and yeah. you know it's not just it doesn't just sound like angry shouty yeah as as your wife would put it yeah yeah but it's still got it's still got the fun I mean it, they've always got this sense of fun about them and, and like the last track it's called Governator amazing because oh, yeah, Schwarzenegger gets elected in California <laughs> and they're going to have a Governator track because um, I actually went backwards when I've listened to Dookie um, I then scoured the local record shop in my hometown Race from the Grave what a classic place um, and got Kaplunk which is right and that is recorded clearly on a four track in, in some garage in, <laughs> um, and it's uh, and it's kind of but it's amazing if, if you don't know it um, Kaplunk is one of those ones which is probably on today's headphones with the way that we listen to music now and everything's so perfect it will sound tinny and 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 crazy but some of the tracks on there are absolutely brilliant, and you kind of notice there. There's there's just massive talent. I have to go back and listen to that because I have listened to Kaplunk, but probably not for a decade or two at this point. Um, so yeah, because uh, then I and then going forwards, um, I hit twenty first century breakdown, and I, and I like that. But then since then, they've just gone off my radio, and I don't know whether that's just because they've just settled into this rhythm of um, kind of more big operatic work and it's and it's just less accessible to me because of what I'm used to um, but since they went on to their kind of their their one two three albums where I think each member of the band basically 
composed an album just because they could, um, right. which is a great <laughs> idea. Um, but I haven't listened to any of them, so um, no, I haven't either. If, so if I've made a massive mistake and if I'm missing some absolute classics, um, then 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 tweet Rich because I don't have a Twitter account and, uh, and tell Rich to get tell me to. Um, well, maybe I'll make a Twitter account for for the for the podcast, <laughs> and then then we'll both have access to that. So yeah, um, yeah, Green Day. Maybe. Cool. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that's an interesting one. So, okay. So one last thing on the back of this is one in terms of Green Day, what, what kind of other bands do you think that opened up for you in terms of the, the bands that you've ended up listening to that you probably wouldn't have if you hadn't ended up listening to that on your headphones on a uh, crappy tape really, deck? Really good. I, I think they, so they opened up kind of noisy bands to mm-hmm. me. Um, so obviously pretty soon after I found Green Day I you start looking around and obviously Nirvana were still on the scene then um, so I got about um, a couple of years of Nirvana before Kurt shot himself um, and then so off the back of that but in our, in, our, in our playground there was so we had this eternal battle between Nirvana and Rage Against the Machine which we may come on to in a, right. another podcast so, so those two bands were, were massive for me um, and I think a little later than that, um, probably my so my my guilty my guilty pleasure out of my entire CD collection is Blink One Eight Two. Enemy of the State is seriously one of the greatest um, pop punk albums in the world. See, I don't think you should be guilty uh, about that. I, li- I, I like, like that it. as an album. Enemy of the State in in terms of hooks and melodies, they they just absolutely smashed it out of the park. Um, and so that's probably. So yeah, that that's where my musical tastes were headed. Um, so that whole pop punk genre started with Green Day. Um, that's that is fair enough. I mean, I certainly have got into other stuff because of that. Particularly more of the kind of, I guess, American punk um, and maybe even pop punk. So, um, Less Than Jake and bands like that. Um, yeah, oh, ska punk and all that. Um, oh, what are they called the other big ska punk band, Real Big Fish. Real Big Fish, who I actually have seen live. I haven't seen Real Big Fish. They were amazing. That's the sweatiest gig I've ever been to, I think. Yeah, pro- probably everyone incredibly happy as well. I think my brother That's got so much fun. So much fun. Oh, The Offspring. That's the other one. The Offspring. Could, yeah, so this is weird. I don't understand why I don't like The Offspring. Ah, <clears throat> so this is an interesting conversation. Bands that you should think you should like and yeah. should be into but aren't. And I, and I can't understand why. Like, Pretty Fly for a White Guy is great. Um, See, I don't but, like it. Oh, Americana, I love as an album. And I don't like Pretty Fly. I, 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 I just don't know. Um, the, I think it's because um, the Offspring verged towards. <laughs> actually, maybe it's because they head towards this kind of this faster-paced, proper, proper American punk rock, which is mm-hmm. the kind of. Um, and they were all the bands that I tried to play in this little bands when I right. started at school and I couldn't play them because they were too fast and I got a bit scared of them so maybe it's just my subconscious going oh my god they're too fast see I love Americana and we will talk about Americana at some point yeah cause, absolutely because that for me is is just such a great album probably influential on my taste in the way that Green Day have been influential on yours yeah uh, but yeah let's let's leave it there for now and uh, and we'll I think we're going to talk a little bit of Foo Fighters next next episode. I think that's my my plan because uh, we'll go to the tours of Foo's. One that, one that we uh, connected on. Uh, so yeah, hope you've enjoyed this one. Um, feel free to to tweet at one or both of us if 
we get Henry set up with a <laughs> with the with the podcast what, Twitter account. What's your Twitter handle again? Yeah, so my Twitter handle is Rich N underscore T O G. Um, so you can hit me up there. I'll uh, I'll aim to have a Twitter handle for the podcast set up, um, and I'll start making sure that's attached to uh, to it. But we need a name for the podcast before we can do that. So I'm sure we've got a name by the time anyone listens to this, but we still don't know what that is. We'll get there. We will get there. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to I Might Be Wrong, a rather rambly podcast about music hosted by myself, Rich Newnham, and my co-host, Mr. Henry Salmon.